Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dilmore. Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, we're playing Stump the Car Guy, <laughs> or maybe I can stump you, my good friend, Alex McFarland, author and one of America's premier apologists, is with us this morning. And every time I see Alex, he hits me with one of these stumpers, like what was the Oldsmobile counterpart to the Chevy Cavalier, or what are the small blocks for the Ford V8s, questions like that, so... I'll pose some questions to see what you may know. Then you come back at us with your stumper. What would you like to ask the car guys? 866-348-7884 is the number to call in with your poser. And we have both Alex McFarland and Mike Westwood, our Christian oil guy, with us this morning. Uh, Alex, welcome to the Christian Car Guy Show. Well, Robbie, thank you so much. I have looked forward to this. I've just respected you for so many years, and now to be on with you for the first time on your show, it's really an honor. So thank you very much. And it's so cool because, I, you know, we just both came back from Nashville where we were at the NRB, and Alex is getting ready to speak at an event here in Winston-Salem uh, coming on Monday with Alex Kendrick, the uh, star of... Uh, um, the new movie Courageous, as well as Courageous. Face the Giants, and even in a car movie called Flywheel. Uh, so he's kind of a car guy too, isn't he, Alex? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So we're getting um, we're, we're excited. You're going to be at this event. Well, yeah, I'm really glad to be there. And um, you know, Robbie, I grew up on a farm. I will tell you, I grew up on a farm south of Greensboro, down in Pleasant Garden, and we were always around tractors and trucks and equipment, and just from I don't know, four years on, I have loved cars. I mean, cars, motorcycles, anything vaguely metallic. Um, and so uh, I became a Christian when I was 21, um, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, one of the things that I think was a, a great foundation for our friendship, uh, you and me, not only our love of the Lord, but our love of cars. And it re- it really is a fun subject, isn't it? Oh, it really is. And I'll just hit you right off the bat with one of those that I put this on Facebook right after I came back from Nashville. I said, what does the C in GMC trucks, not GMC like General Motors Corporation, but the C in GMC like a GMC truck, you know what that stands for, Alex? The, the letter C right. uh, in GMC? Well, I, I always assume General Motors Corporation. Aha. Uh-huh. That's not necessarily the correct answer. But also on with us this morning, we have Mike Westwood. He's our, our Christian oil guy. And Mike, and Mike maybe you better turn maybe down, better your, turn uh, down your, uh, your radio a little bit because I can hear the feedback. But Mike, but Mike, do you know what the C stands for in the GMC? Well, Mike's having a little problem, so we're going to move hey, on. Hey, maybe. Robbie? Yeah. Um, now, growing up, I really loved... Fords, and I really loved Chrysler products. You know how every family is kind of like they would gravitate <laughs> toward one brand. I now, understand. growing up, initially, I did not like Chevy products. 
Now, now the Lord changed my heart over the years, and I've come to really love some some GM products. But we always said GM stood for Garage Monkey. Yeah, and somebody <laughs> somebody somebody posted on Facebook when I asked that question. It meant get me a cab. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've heard a few of those, but. What do you say? You call us this morning. We want you in the conversation, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. But also, since Alex is one amazing Christian apologist, what that means we'll get into, if you've never heard of an apologist before, I know Alex would love to speak on that subject for a few minutes. Yes. But very importantly, you may have that question that somebody at work to post you, hit you with. In my case, I've got one my daughter hit me with just the other day. I'm going to ask Alex myself because we all don't always have the answers. Uh, but it's important that we know at least to how to explain the joy that's within us, and Alex is going to help us with that. But if you have that question, you know, like Robinson Crusoe's little buddy Friday on the island, you remember in the book Robinson Crusoe, is his little native friend asked him, and he may not have been little, he may have been big, but he asked him, why God no kill devil? You know, one of those questions mm-hmm. that maybe you've you've wondered about in your life. Why God no kill devil? <laughs> you yeah, got that question. question. You call us this morning. 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. We got Mike Westwood back with us. Let's see if he's got the answer to what the C is in GMC. Mike, how are you doing? Is your phone better now? Yes. All My right. My phone is better now. Uh, I thought I always thought it was company. Oh, one for company, which actually Wikipedia says that. But Wikipedia is wrong. So we're going to wait and see if somebody can call in with the right answer to what does GMC, the C in GMC, what did that originally? Now, not what does it stand for today. Now, when they first started building vehicles under that GMC name badge, what did that what did that C <laughs> stand for? My producer thinks it may have stood for care. <laughs> we would love to hear from you, but also, if you've got that that tough poser, that, that thing that, that somebody's just hit you with of understanding your faith, you call us with that question, 866-34-TRUTH. And I'm going to jump in with that one, Alex, uh, which, by the way, before I, before I ask this question, I would also point out, if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com today, I posted a series of pictures of some of my favorite cars of all time. And I didn't put the names on it, and most of them. And so if you would like to guess any of those pictures on the air today, there's a couple concept cars that were really cool in there, a couple race cars. Whatever you think those cars are, we would love you to call in with those as well today or just go on ChristianCarGuy.com and tell us what you think. Apparently, we have a guess on what does the C stand for in GMC. So we're going to go right to that, Alex, before I hit you with the tough Christian question that I've got for you. Jeff in Winston-Salem, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, Robbie. I always love the GM car, and I've got a great idea for the GMC. Okay. It's good good morning, Christ. (laughs) Dr. Sunday would love you with that one, Jeff. There you go. Hey, you guys have a great day. I always love listening to you. Thanks. Thank you, Jeff. God bless you. All right. We got... David in Iowa, he's calling in real quickly. What have you got for us, David? Yes, uh, I believe that's General Motors coach. You are exactly right. It is General Motors coach. Now, originally, and you may know this, David, that that was that was where General Motors would build their chassis for buses, and those were GMC coach chassis. 
And so originally, you're right. It was General Motors coach. Exactly right. And All listening right. on, is it KT, uh, what is it, KTIA? In, KTIA, yes. In beautiful Des Moines, Iowa. Thank you for calling in, David. All righty. Thank God you. Bless. Enjoy the day. You too. All yep. right. Apparently, there were about five other folks who knew the answer to that one, Alex, on what was it. But, but, but right now, I would love to know, Alex, since I've got you, here's here's the question my daughter or the the comment my quest that my daughter hit me with um on well it was actually Wednesday night and it was a tough one Alex I didn't know really what to say because they were having a discussion my my wife and me and, and my daughter my wife and I and my daughter about sure. you know what she she's 12 years old and she was talking about what she wanted to be when she grew up and she might be a want to be a doctor and she might want to be this and I like I looked at her and I said well Brian have you talked to God about what he might want you to do how he might want you to serve. And she said, Daddy, I don't want to grow up to be a nerd. <laughs> and a, a nerd. A nerd, N-E-R-D, a nerd. And and I, I kind of looked at her in a shock. I'm sure I was, you know, and, and, and I was, you know, this one kind of stumped me. I've got to be admit. I said, well, you don't. You don't think this person's a nerd? Well, yeah, kind of. And you don't think that person? Well, yeah, kind of. And then I went even for my, I said, well, Mariah, do you don't think your father, you know? And she said, well, you know, kind of. I, You know, the, the, the Christian kids at school, they just kind of stand out like nerds. And I don't, you know, it's just not cool to be a Christian, Alex. Mm. Yeah, that, that's um, something that we don't want to project. Uh, you know, we... we Heaven forbid that people miss Jesus because they look at Christians and think that Christians are are boring or dull or something like that. Um, you know, D.L. Moody, one of my favorite figures of Christian history, Dwight Moody, uh, and folks, let me encourage you, if you want to be inspired, um, really read the life of Dwight Moody, D.L. Moody. But he said out of 100 people, 99 uh, would only one would read the Bible, but ninety nine would read the Christian. And so, um, you know, I, I, let me say this: I think that when Christians come off as being oddballs or or geeks or something like that, oh, Alex, um, we got we got to go to a break. So, listen, you can tell Alex is willing to take on those tougher apologetics questions for you this morning. He's even explains what apologetics is. You call us with your Christian car poser or maybe some stumper 866-348-7884 a lot more christian car guy show coming up how many remember this famous car <laughs> show from the 60s there are in jerry van dyke my mother the car one of my <laughs> do you remember that I one remember. alex <laughs> I, i've only seen it in rerun but um that was that was a bizarre show that's got to be one of the weirdest television shows ever <laughs> anyway you're listening to the christian car guys show this morning we've got alex mcfarland and mike westwood here and we're playing stump the car guy what question might you have that would stump us Questions along the line of what we asked a minute ago, what, what did the C stand for in GMC? Now my next poser this pulls out to the Christian Car Guy audience. Very famous car from the 60s and even the early 70s. 
was the Pontiac GTO. What? Yes. What did the GTO? A lot of people could tell you what GT stands for, but how many people know what the O stood for? G T O. What did that stand for? You call us 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. When we left our hero, Robbie, his daughter, was questioning whether or not Christians were nerds, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Alex, but we had to go to that break. It was a hard break, as you know, <laughs> so I had no choice. Uh, even though I needed an answer, I was, you know, I've been praying a lot about this, and I was thinking, how lucky I have Alex McFarlane on my show, one of the world's greatest apologist but somebody who studied ways that we can uh explain our faith maybe well, why don't you start out with what's an apologist alex well great question thanks very much and and by the way robbie before the show is out i too have some car questions for you my friend so, <laughs> okay um but uh apologetics is a bible word it appears in the scriptures in about half a dozen places and it means to speak in defense of uh, apologetics is giving evidences and reasons uh, why we believe what we believe. Now, apologetics is not apologizing. Sometimes people will say, you know, well, I don't apologize for being a Christian. Uh, rightly so. Uh, apologetics has nothing to do with saying I'm sorry or, or backpedaling or anything like that. It really means to, you know, proactively defend your faith, and more than ever, Oh my goodness, more than ever, we need to be able to present, explain, and even defend the faith. And by the grace of God, uh, I've been, you know, traveling the USA and the world for the last almost 20 years now, speaking on apologetics. And, and I've got to say how indebted I am to the Truth Network. Um, Stuart Epperson hugely, hugely helped take my ministry to another level almost 13 years ago when he began to let me be on Truth Talk Live, and I've been on the Truth Network in a myriad of, um, you know, times and places, and so um, I, I've got to just be on record as saying how much I appreciate the incredible ministry of the Truth Network, because it's enabled me to go from sort of being a regional speaker 12, 13, 14 years ago to a national and even international writer and speaker in the years that followed, but uh, apologetics is defending the faith, and now as so many you know belief systems compete for the hearts and minds of people, we definitely need to de- need to you know rise to the challenge of First Peter three fifteen and uh, always be ready to give an answer. So speaking of answers, <laughs> well, yeah. what, uh, my daughter, she's sitting there, and you know, I couldn't agree with you more that certainly we don't want to portray that image, but to an extent. Uh, when it in order to be cool, you got to do certain things that a Christian won't do, or wouldn't want to do. What do you do? I mean, I, I, I've I've wrestled with this one a little bit, and and I'm curious. What what are your thoughts? Well, let me say this: part of um, part of the problem of uh, our inability to reach a lot of a lot of people in our culture these days has resulted from the churches diluting the gospel with legalism in in recent decades. Now, let me say this. Christians should have standards. Um, You know, we should live morally. Um, God has instructed us not to have sex before marriage, not to 
do certain things that are sinful, and that that's that's definitely right. Um, but I think a lot of people get turned off by Christians because what we've done, we've supplanted the, the free forgiveness and grace of Jesus for a list of do's and don'ts. And because of legalism, you know, Christians can't go to movies, Christians can't listen to secular music, Christians, you know, can't, you know, guys can't have hair that touches their collar. Um, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, a lot of, not all, but many churches in America were very, very legalistic. And as a result, um, there, there have been masses of supposed Christians that were pretty boring people. And we've not asserted ourselves in the arts. We've not asserted ourselves in the culture. And um, 30 years ago, Francis Schaeffer warned and called this the great evangelical disaster. And, and listen to this. Rather than engage the culture and be salt and light, we've created our own subculture that some have called the Christian ghetto. And, you know, a lot of people look at us living rather bland, colorless yeah. lives, and they think, why would I want to be like that? And so I think one of the reasons Christians sometimes come off as being nerdy is because of legalism. Um, I, I don't think it's because of our standards and our pursuit of holiness, because well, actually— I've got to speak to that in a second, but first I better take this question from Eric okay. in Louisville, Kentucky, who's been hanging on a long, long time. Eric, you're on the Christian Car Guys show. Good morning. Thank you. First time caller, first time listener, and enjoying the program. I have a, a comment and a question. Uh, Good. First of all, I think Christians are cool. Uh, Thank you. I think sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'm a Christian myself. I think sometimes the church itself, uh, uh, the leaders of the church sometimes hold the young people back from uh, being who they truly are, you know, and therefore uh, they come off being uh, stammy, you know, as people and not being able to really be who they are as Christian young people. Uh, but at the same time, the Bible said that the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. You know, I, I think as Satan's way from shining through MTV and other outlets uh, to make it look like uh, if you're not doing this or that, then you're not cool. You know, I think it's a deception uh, to our young people. But uh, with that said, I, I have a question concerning an uh, automobile. Okay. And my question is, how will someone be able to purchase a luxury car? And, and luxury car, I'm speaking of, is a Mercedes-Benz. I'm looking at one. It's a used Mercedes-Benz. It's a 2007 with very, very, very low miles. But how will I be able to negotiate that to a really excellent price? Ah, well, I've written probably six or seven articles on that very issue, and all those are well explained at christiancarguy.com, but I'll take a quick a quick swing at this. With okay, the, with I the, up listen. No, no, no. Oh, well, yeah, that's oh. fine. What, what oh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. What I first would do is ask certainly to drive the car and to take the car to a knowledgeable Mercedes technician. Oh, we're going to get an answer on how to to get a best price on a Mercedes. But also Virginia in Belmont, North Carolina, has an answer to what does GTO stand for. We're going to hear more from Alex McFarland. we still got Mike Westwood in San Antonio, Texas. So a lot of Christian Car Guys show coming up. You're going to want to stay tuned. Don't forget, Alex is going to be speaking at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem at the Culture Outreach event coming up Monday at 930 in the morning. Come away with me, Lucille. 
Welcome back to the Christian Car Guy Show. How many people remember that old Oldsmobile song? <laughs> Today we're playing Stump the Car Guy, and uh, we have a series of questions. And one of the questions we've asked lately is, what does GTO stand for? What did that mean in that famous Pontiac from the 60s? What did the GT and the O stand for? We got an answer to that, but we also have Alex McFarlane with us here, a wonderful Christian apologist who also happens to be a car guy, and Mike Westwood, our good Ron. friend. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, forgive me for interrupting. I'm just dying. I have so many questions for you. Can you name another hit song that references Oldsmobile? Uh, Cutlass. <laughs> I don't know what. No, no, there's a Christian band called Cutlass. But there you go. I, I, some people call this the very first rock and roll record ever, and it was recorded at Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and it's an Oldsmobile song. Oh, come on, Robbie. You've got to know this. Uh, you've stumped me. You've stumped a car guy. Well, what is it? Ooh. Rocket 88 by Ike Oh, Turner there you go. Sure Ridley. is. Don't you I, remember that song? I do, and I even sold some 88s back when I sold some Oldsmobile. <laughs> I didn't sell now, But we got we got we got to finish we got to finish our friend's question about the how to get the best okay. price on the Mercedes. What I always great, great. what I always do on a used car is ask to take that vehicle out and take it to a reputable and preferably the Mercedes dealer, unless you're buying it from the Mercedes dealer, then their own mechanics may not be on your side necessarily. But you want to take it to a reputable Mercedes place and get them to go through the car thoroughly so that you can have a complete report on the car and be in a position to negotiate any repairs that need to be made to that or negotiate any services that might yet to have been done. Like if you're buying a Mercedes and it needs a 60,000-mile service, you're talking about eight dollars $900 worth of repair. So, and, and certainly in a Mercedes, looking at the book, which they stamp in a Mercedes or a BMW, Volvos, the books are extremely an important thing when you're buying any luxury car like that because how they service them can get very, very expensive. So those are issues. Then, you know, certainly uh, when it comes to just plain negotiating, uh, the first rule of negotiation is he who gets his price out first sets the tone of the of the deal. So certainly they've got some sticker price. But when you come back, uh, if you love the car and you've 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 seen all what it needs and you're cons- and you're certainly considered about buying the car, you decide what would that take for you to afford the car. And and I'm not saying start too low. I'm saying start with exactly where you would be comfortable buying the car and be prepared to stay there. But you make the offer and get the, your number out, as they, as they used to say, he who gets his number out first uh, often wins. And so, and again, there's plenty of articles all on how to get the best price at ChristianCarGuy.com, how to treat your salesman with respect, how to work as a team. All those things are at ChristianCarGuy.com. Now, Virginia and Belmont has been hanging on, Alex, forever for with this GTO answer. And, okay. and Virginia, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Well, God bless you. You've been hanging in there. Well, what does GTO stand for? Gran Turismo Omologata. You're exactly right. Very good. Very good. That is a great answer. And you know what that comes from? No. (laughs) That's good. Still a great answer. The International Motorsports Association held races. Well, they still hold races to this day. I don't think they hold the GTO race anymore. 
but they held races and there was certain specific engine that it had to have a certain um, displacement, certain gas mileage rating and all those things in order to fit into a particular class of race car for that international motorsports. So certainly, you know, today we would know the 24 of Le Bans is a, is one of those IMSA races and they used to have a race called the GTO. And that was just like you said, the Gran Turismo, Orma, Magata, however they said that word. And Oma, look, there you go. Alex can say it. And that was what that car was named after. Did you ever see one of those races, Alex? I did. Um, may, I, do, may I take a moment to unpack that name a little more? Sure. Um, you're, you're right. And for a, a car to qualify for one of these international races, they had to build 100 of them. And um, uh, homologation was the process of building 100 cars. That's why, you know, cars like the Shelby Cobra, um, you know, Shelby couldn't really launch the car until he had the financial backing to make 100. And so GTO, Gran Turismo Amalogato, the GT, the Gran Turismo, uh, referred to cars that were uh, street cars but also prepped for racing. And when Pontiac called their car the GTO, that was the implication that, hey, this is a this is a race car that you can drive on the street. But um, Alma Legato is the Italian way of the Latin word homologation, building 100 cars. So basically, um, we're going to build at least 100 of these so it'll qualify for the race. And I know that's a great long uh, explanation, but GTO, Gran Turismo, Alma Legato, it meant 100 cars that were built for racing or the street. Very cool. Thank yeah. you, Virginia. God bless you. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Mike, I know you've been sitting there patiently listening to all this. How about you? You've always been into racing. Or were you, have you seen some GTOs in your time? Mike Westwood, are you still with us? Well, we've had trouble with Mike's phone today, no doubt. But mm-hmm. I... I, I find that it's a it's a fascinating subject uh but i gotta admit it sounds more like a spaghetti dish <laughs> the oma how do you say it oma legato legato there you go what yes, it, it does it sounds like a pasta dish doesn't it it really does Eight six six three four truth Eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. you can play stump the car guy or Maybe you've got that apologetics question, that thing that, you know, why God, no kill devil. We're going to get into a little bit more of that. But, Alex, here's your chance. Tell me what, what it is that you're wondering what I know. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you your choice. Uh, and let's talk about the Ford Mustang, the venerable Ford Mustang. Um, the, the prototype was originally called, you can take your pick. You can tell me either what the prototype was called, or you can tell me what it was named in Germany. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know this. Lee Iacocca was instrumental in the car. Uh, I know. I, I, I know. And, and certainly, uh, you know, one of his great feats that in the man was certainly brilliant. I know it's where the term pony car came from. Uh, That's true. Which... But I cannot tell you what the prototype name was, nor was it what it was called in Germany. 
Who's Mustang and Stin, probably. <laughs> uh, or, or let me ask, and, and I know that you you and I are both huge Chrysler fans. There you go. So maybe Ford, let, let me ask you this, true or false, was the Mustang named for a horse? Uh, you're, you're hitting me with all these that I don't have. To, go ahead and unpack some of those for us first, and then we'll come back with a Mustang named for a horse. I don't think so. Okay. Well, I've got a comment um, for you, Robbie. All right, pro- wait a minute. We finally got Mike in. Mike, you okay. got a comment for us. Go ahead. I, I have been to several GTO races. In fact, we used to have one on the streets of San Antonio, and I was the president of the SCCA at the time. Were you really? Cool. Yeah. And I crewed. I also crewed at Mid-Ohio for a GTO car. So I've had the opportunity. Now, here's the stump question for you. Oh, man, you guys are stumping there, me left and right. There's a thing called a freeze plug on the old V8 engines. What was the purpose and what was the real name? It wasn't freeze plug. What was the real name of it? Well, the purpose so, was that that in the OV8 engines, certainly, um, if somebody didn't keep their antifreeze in the proper condition, and the and the car was to get cold and begin to the water would expand, the idea was to blow out the freeze plugs, the way they fit into the those places in the block before the engine would crack. And I bet you if you tell me the name of what the original freeze plugs were called, or then then maybe I could tell you. But I, Because I used to be a parts man, and I certainly handed out more than my fair share of freeze plugs in the day. But we got so many questions, I don't know the answer to it. Just go ahead and give it to us. Actually, it was let the sand out when they were doing the castings. Really? That's why they were there. And it became known as a freeze plug because it would pop out when the engine started to freeze. And the original name of it was Zerk but from the inventor of the process to make the V8 engine and allow the sand to come out, it was a fellow named Zerk. Well, interesting. <laughs> you stumped me twice with that one then. <laughs> so it was well, a Zerk I, plug. Did you know that, Alex? Um, well, I knew what freeze plugs, you know, would do. Um, I, I did not know that. And I did know it had something to do with the casting. Um, now, let me tell you guys what a hillbilly I am. On one of our, in, we had a, a a dump truck on the farm that uh, freeze plug came out, and we couldn't get a freeze plug for it. And my dad cut a piece of wooden dowel and hammered a wooden <laughs> dowel into the freeze plug hole, hole, and it worked for years. I bet it did. I bet it did. That's now, commonly now, known as that's commonly known as farmer ingenuity. <laughs> well, we now still got to go back. We got all these questions. I am. We got all these questions left unanswered that we got to get to. But number one, what was the the original name of the Ford Mustang? What was the prototype called? It was called Mustang One. It was in honor of the P fifty one D Mustang. You know, I uh, did, aircraft. I did know that at one time. I remember that it was named after the airplane. And in Germany, the Mustang was called the T five. And then you, every yeah, now they, and they weren't real fond of the Mustang airplane. <laughs> no, they weren't. And, and so it was called the T5. Every now and then you'll see like a 66 Mustang with a T5 badge on it. And that, you know, that one's from Germany. Well, that is fascinating, Alex. That that's it. That's interesting information. Now we want you listeners in on this conversation. 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. Seven eight eight four. Mike, if you got a a faith question to be thinking about for Alex, I would love to hear that. Um, okay. Something that may have stumped you. But while we got Alex right here, why God no kill devil? 
there there's one that's that's always a little bit perplexing. Well, that relates to the problem of evil. Um, if God is all powerful and all good, why doesn't He end evil and Satan? And the answer is, um, He will. He is, and He will. But we're in this interim time of history that God is calling people to be saved, and the eradication of evil happens one soul at a time. Now, there is a, a, a promise future date that Christ will return, and Satan and the demons will be cast into the lake of fire. But, uh, you know, I guess of all the apologetics questions, does God exist? Is the Bible true? The biggest one of all, um, you know, what about evil? What's the origin of evil, and what's going to be the end of evil? And so, um, on the cross, uh, we see that God has decisively dealt with sin and evil, and in his own body, the punishment and the pain was poured on Jesus. And so I think what we point people to is the empty tomb, uh, that God is victorious over sin and evil. God has dealt with the problem of sin and pain and suffering. And I, I say it this way, the tomb was left empty so that our lives could be made full and that empty tomb is, is God's promise, that the sin problem has been solved. And see, here's, here's the thing. Right now, we can be saved from the penalty of sin. One day, we're going to be delivered from the very presence of sin. And the, the answer is to come to Jesus, and uh, we'll eternally be with him. And when Satan is finally fully thrown in the lake of fire, and evil is eradicated, um, those who know Christ will be with him forever. That is that is the bottom line. We we have Dwight in Walnut Cove has a stumper question for all of us. Dwight, you're on the Christian Hello. Conference. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. We're anxious to hear what you might have. <laughs> I would like to know if any of your people there or knows what a cow magnet is for. What the what magnet is for? A cow, like an animal, cow magnet. A cow magnet. Mag- that, that's a great yep. question. That's uh, a, it's a dual-purpose item. Now, we got to find out if any of our panel knows what a cow, and apparently it has two purposes. Yep. It, cow it can, magnet. You can get either milk or meat from it. No, <laughs> no, 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 Alex, Alex, now, if, if, it, have you ever heard of the cow magnet? No. Now, is this on a car or on a vehicle? Well, it intended its first purpose was for an animal, but then it was later found out to have another purpose. Uh-huh. Well, brother, you have stumped me. I, I, I'm, I'm clueless, oh. my friend. All right, let me tell. You, in the old days. When they build straw, uh, hay and stuff, they used yeah. metal staples. And the cows would eat that, and they would take in the, any oh, metal wow. items. We've we, we got to find out about this cow magnet, Dwight, right. but we got to go to a break. Oh, so we're going to leave okay. all of America wondering what in the world is a cow magnet and how. I, I get the idea. Except I, I don't know we're about these staples. We're going to staple up the answers here coming up in the last part of the Christian Car Guy Show. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Today we've got quite a cast. We've got Alex McFarland, author, apologist. We've got Mike Westwood, our Christian oil guy from San Antonio. And we left our hero, Dwight. He was, yeah. was going to explain what cow magnets are. But before I get to that, because I know everybody's sitting on their edge of their seat, Dwight, wanting to know about cow magnets, <laughs> i got a little business to attend to. i got to mention that. Alex McFarlane is going to be speaking at a culture outreach event. If you want to listen to him, it'd be an awesome experience. No matter where you are, also, uh, Alex Kendrick is going to be there from the movie Courageous at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, 5000 Country Club Road. You can go to calvarynow.com and find out all about that event. But also, speaking of farms, Dwight, tomorrow, uh, Sunday at 5 o'clock, there's a men's group in Lexington that's gotten so big that now they need to meet at Sink Farm Equipment. From what I understand, they've got a big building, and they're going to have me over there tomorrow to speak to their men's group at 5 o'clock. It's in Lexington, North Carolina. It's called Sink Farm Equipment. I understand it's on Highway 64, so if you want to come hear me speak and you're in the Lexington area tomorrow night, we would love to see you there. All men are welcome there at Sink Farm Equipment for that uh, men's Bible study. And... I understand they got a really large crowd, so I'm looking forward to that. But meanwhile, we all are on the edge of our seats, Dwight. You have stumped the entire Christian Car Guy panel. What in the world are car magnets? Besides, we got the staple part, and the cow would eat the staple. So what what did you do with the magnet? I'm afraid where you held it. <laughs> all right. Well, the magnet, you know, of course, would hold all the metal. So when they would slaughter the animal, oh. they would dig the magnet out and most of the time, they would bring it in on a carry-all on the back of their tractor. And they would attach it to something metal, you know, to use it again later on. Sure. Well, the fuel lines were metal. Well, they would attach that magnet to the fuel line. And the farmers started noticing they were getting better gas mileage. So they told the rural postman, the uh, letter carrier, you know, in the rural areas, you know, had to travel a long ways. So he would borrow or buy a magnet and put it on his uh, fuel line. On his fuel lines, and he noticed he got better gas mileage. So through all of that process, every once in a while, you will come, you will hear a person that says they have a thing that goes in line with your fuel that will increase your fuel mileage. And that and it would be all cow reverts mag- back to the fuel magnet well, and the cow magnet. Now, and most of it, they have utilized magnets to a certain way and refined them. And a lot of people are making money by selling, selling cow magnets. <laughs> well, cow thank magnet. you, Dwight. God bless. Yes, sir. That's quite a story. And and not to mention, think of the staples that none of us have had to eat um, as a result. Now, Mike. Well, what do you think about cow magnets? You're you're selling good oil down there. Have you ever heard of that one? I, I have heard of it, and I've heard pros and cons on it. I've never <laughs> personally used the one, so I can't speak to it personally. But I've, well, I've we don't have much it. time left, but I know, Mike, you've got a question for Alex. You've been thinking that faith question, and, and Alex, uh, if you want to wrap it up for us with this, kind of lead people on how they can meet the one and only Savior of the world. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Um, I have listened 
to Peter's first sermon, and mm -hmm. he talked about us going outwardly, but yet it seems like a lot of churches go inwardly, and that's the question I get asked by a lot of people. Why are we so inward-focused as opposed to outward-focused? That's a great question. Do you know, um, I think part of it, it relates to the fact that um, it's been documented within like 18 months of becoming a Christian, the average person um, no longer has any non-Christian friends. And one of the great things about Christianity is the fellowship that we have with other believers. Alex, we got about 20 seconds, so if you can just bring us all home okay. from that. Well, uh, we lose our compassion for the lost. Um, we, we lose our compassion and forget that Jesus said we're to go and make disciples. So that's why everybody needs to have me come to their church and train them on how to effectively evangelize lost people and answer questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, your, there's your chance. You can find out all about Alex by just Googling his name and get him to come speak at your church. He's going to be at the Calvary Outreach event to, uh, Monday morning at 9.30. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guys show. Remember... Slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. And you, too, can come to the Lord. Just have a talk with him and tell him you got this sin problem, and he can show you how he died to solve that problem for you. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy radio show. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.